Central. This is Tech Radio. All things computers, gadgets and web happening right now in Ireland. Hear us anytime on iTunes or download from techcentral.ie. Tech Central. How are you doing? This is Dusty Rhodes and welcome to Tech Radio with all the ladies in tech from around Ireland and across the world. Remember, there are many ways of getting our show. You can download directly from our website at techcentral.ie. Use a smartphone podcast app like Podcast Addict is the one I'm using at the minute. Uh, you can, of course, use iTunes or, here's a radical idea, listen to us on the radio every Friday on DAB Digital Radio with RTE Radio 1 Extra. Later on the show, we're going to hear from Diane Kuzik about the digital skills gap and if it actually exists. But first, our editor-in-chief, Niall Kitson, joins me. And this week, all the talk in the office is about Pokemon Go and Yahoo. Um, Yahoo, finally gone. Are you disappointed? Sad? Well, uh, not, not finally gone. I mean, the regulators still have to pass the deal. But uh, I did a little bit of back reading into how long we've been talking about Yahoo and its various troubles. And we've been talking about this since 2008. Like a year into doing this show, we have been talking about how much trouble Yahoo is in. So that that just shows the depth and and horribleness of the problem that Marissa Mayer has been wrestling with since she came in as CEO in 2012. Now, I mean, well, we were we were talking um, just before we went uh, before we started recording. I said, "What what exactly is Yahoo?" Because you know, you 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 were making the point that you know what what does Yahoo mean to you? Yeah, you were saying kind of it was an interesting business story and the way that it slid down in value. That, that what kind of value have have we seen it being wiped off the Yahoo brand over the years as these negotiations went on? Yeah, well, you remember when Microsoft uh, were talking about putting a bid in for Yahoo? They offered forty four billion dollars, and Yahoo said that undervalued the company significantly. Yahoo looks like it's going to sell to Verizon now, which also owns AOL, which owns a whole load of content properties like Huffington Post and all that kind of thing. It looks like they're going to go for five billion dollars, only a fraction of what they were looking at in two thousand and eight. So mm-hmm. that, you know that shows the depth of the problem that Yahoo was in. So um, Dusty. Your two cents? Well, what is Yahoo? I, I just think, I'm just remembering that, you know, you're talking about since 2008. I'm thinking back to 1998 when Yahoo was the internet. And you have to give Yahoo credit for it. They were the people who kind of popularized it and it made it easy to find things on the internet. I mean, being listed on Yahoo was, you know, the, the place to be. Uh, and it was all done manually back in those days as well. You had to submit your site for consideration and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then, you know, with AOL as well, they popularised email, and then of course you have that uh, uh, movie with Tom Hanks and uh, Meg Ryan, uh, You've Got Mail and stuff like that, and they kind of took the internet from being really geeky stuff in the in the early 90s and made it kind of uh, popular, especially in, in America, and I think, listen, it's gone, that's life, okay, one day Google will go, uh, one day Facebook will go, and it'll be replaced by whatever is, is, is the next thing, and I think it's just a moment to pause and go, you know what, Yahoo was good in its day, well done. Uh, I, I'd be slightly more, um, I don't know, maybe maybe sanguine is the, is the wrong word, but I actually found an article from 2015 where uh, Yahoo actually laid out their vision where Marissa Mara said, you know, this, this is what Yahoo does. And they said, OK, we do search. Uh, technically, they don't do that anymore. Their search function is powered by Bing, which is Microsoft. We do communications. Uh, they do mail and IM. 
they don't do something like Slack does with sort of project management or Basecamp where you have centralized messaging or Snapchat where you have self-destructive messaging, although they did have an app called Blink, which they shut down, which did exactly that. So they, they don't do communications as they are now and um, they certainly don't do social despite having forked out 1.1 billion for a tumblr uh, and had to write off 395 million from it mm. because they can't figure out how to make any money from it um, and then they said we do content which is just a completely a complete you know 180 from where they're going with productivity they're like yes we do content we do magazines and we make our own shows and this sort of thing and they recently just shut down their magazine division um they had an experiment with doing shows in uh they did the sixth season of community which is a cult show so if you if you want to sort of test your overall popularity maybe going niche like that wasn't such a great idea um and that flopped for them terribly they, there was a, another project with paul feig um in the uh in the pipeline and that, that fell over completely so in terms of the three prongs of the business, uh, I, I think they really bet hard on content and it just didn't happen for them. Mm. There were just too many other players in that field doing doing better and, and kind of more interesting things. Like I still have a Yahoo account and I still use it the odd, the odd time. And I log in and they used to have a, a thing called My Yahoo where I was able to collate all my RSS feeds. It was like an RSS reader plus your mail plus everything all in one uh, all in one spot. It was kind of like um, iGoogle, if you remember iGoogle from back in the day, where you had your widgets and you had all your, your other stuff there. And that was, that was kind of cool. Um, they kept on with that, you know, and for me, it was really useful. And they just chucked that out. And now you get generic homepage with generic content from around the web and a couple of galleries and celebrity news and all this sort of junk, which is of no use to me whatsoever. Yeah. And I think that's kind of indicative of where Yahoo went. They, well, they, they went down this generic road. Mm, and it was terrible. Well, the, the, the one question I'm interested to see is, you know, why did Verizon pay five billion? And uh, what, how are Verizon going to make that money back? It'll be interesting to see over the, uh, the next couple of years. The other big, big, big story of the week is, oh, God, Pokemon Go. Now, you're a gamer, so you, you're probably... Uh, and I, well, I can see know. the attraction of it, okay? Uh, you know, being able to find these virtual Pokemon using the the, the, the camera. But the, just the level of insanity uh, that people have gone to. And some of the stories over the week. Uh, Rihanna was uh, playing a concert in Paris and actually had to ask people on the stage. Now, I think she was taking the mic when she said it. She says, don't use your phones for taking photographs. Or looking for Pokemon Go characters, <laughs> and then you know the, the biggest rumor is that the uh, uh, the the Pokemon character with the most points is sitting uh, under the throne of Kim Jong Il in uh, North Korea. So, <laughs> oh, but of course, <laughs> but of course, where else would you put it? I don't know. It, 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 in real life, is it is it panning out as much as we're hearing in the media? Well, here's here's this sums up the whole Pokemon Go thing for me. I think it has been hyped up by a lot of people that actually don't know how games or apps mm. work. There was a story broke earlier this week um, about uh, Nintendo's share price, which had, which had doubled on the back mm. of the release of Pokemon Go and how popular it was and all this sort of thing. And Nintendo came out and said, do, do you know what? Like, I mean, we don't own Pokemon Go. Like, we, we license it and we have a share in uh, the company that's making the app, which is, you know, we get license fees from them. But, I mean, this isn't, this isn't us. And the share price dipped 17% because so many investors went, oh, it's not. This, exactly. This- it's all hype. It's got, I was actually thinking of, you know, I was thinking of the Power Rangers, which were like the biggest thing when, when our young fellow was, 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 was a kid. And then the following Christmas, boom. 
<laughs> couldn't give them away. I think yeah. we're going to have the same thing with uh, uh, Pokemon Go. Anyway, listen, best of luck to them. All right, listen, that's uh, uh, that's what we're talking about in the office this week. This is Tech Central, your weekly tech podcast from Ireland's techcentral.ie. Niall has been out and about again this week, this time in search of the digital skills gap or does such a thing even exist? I'm meeting with Diane Kusich this morning, who is the head of Comtrade Solutions and Services business, um, which I guess makes him one of the um, top people in Ireland for the company. And we're going to talk a little bit about the idea of digital transformation and the uh, digital skills gap, whether these things actually exist or whether they're, they're still quite theoretical. So, Diane, I guess just to start, tell us a little bit about Comtrade for people that wouldn't be familiar with the company. So, country, the country digital services is 25 years old company. Uh, so, we are in IT business for quite a long time. Uh, company is uh, th- these days. Uh, country digital services is a lot about innovation, basically helping our customers uh, accelerate uh, time to market, and doing that with with innovation. Innovation is sometimes coming. From, from our partners, sometimes coming from ourselves. Uh, and uh, it's not an Irish company, it's a Slovenian company, so I, I guess it begs the questions, or what, what was the main attractor to Ireland? I mean, we hear an awful lot about um, our tax regime and how favourable is it. So what were the, the, fa- the factors that made Ireland attractive? Yeah, so interesting history about country in Ireland. Uh, so we opened the company in Ireland 15 years ago, so long, long time ago. And and uh, that was at the time by, by pure coincidence. Um, sales guy and director of the, of the company was Irish guy uh, who who was working with us at the time in, in Austria. Um, and he wanted to move back home. As simple as that, and we—that's we, how we started. That's how we started business 15 years ago. Uh, but now we see Ireland as a major opportunity for us, major opportunity to to attack uh, attack uh, other European markets, including UK here from Ireland, and also uh, US uh, here from Ireland. So in the next two years. Basically, we are moving our HQ to Dublin. Uh, so again, uh, reason it's it's good position to to attack European markets. It's talent as well. Uh, tax regime was not driver of the that decision. Uh, maybe there are going to be some side benefits of that. That's something we are we are exploring now. But that was not driver of the decision in our case. Um, and it's a, an interesting point to raise at this stage in the conversation because we hear an awful lot about the Irish tax regime uh, as being something that draws in and keeps the multinationals. But um, extending to sort of smaller companies like Comtrade, that um, you would think that you know you would hoover up as many benefits as possible. But the fact that it's the human factor that brought you to Ireland and is keeping you here, I think, is quite interesting. To which extent do you think it's relationships like that? that will inform maybe other companies' decisions to come over as well? Possible. I mean, you know, from what I read in, in newspapers recently from few few companies, they were mentioning uh, a lot about uh, source of talent 
not that much about about tax regime. And uh, some of them are actually fast-growing companies with not so much revenue. So, you know, if you don't have revenue, tax regime is, is really relevant anyway, uh, mostly. Uh, so, yeah, maybe I... I it would be brave to say it's coming, it's getting prevalent that that it's uh, talent, yeah. but it's probably going to be important uh, decision factor for other companies as well. And just to talk about the core of uh, Comtrade's business, I mean, when when we talk about digital transformation and when clients come to you. When people say digital, it encompasses so much now. I mean, it could extend from maybe somebody looking to um, develop a new content management system all the way up to formulating a social media strategy. So when somebody says digital to you, what exactly does that mean? I mean, is it almost a meaningless term at this stage? No, you are you're right on the spot. Uh, digital is very wide these day, days, definitely. It means different things for, for different people. Uh, from our experience, it's not only about you know new website. Uh, it's not only about it is about user experience, but it's not only about user experience. Very often, it's about uh, operational efficiencies. Companies using IT more extensively to to achieve operational efficiencies. Uh, very often, it's also about change of the business models and using IT to support these new business models. So usually flow is question back to the people, you know, what it really means for you and what, what you want, and then you start discussing. But yeah, you, you are very right. These days it's a very wide term, uh, becoming more or less meaningless. Mm. So when a, a potential client comes to you looking to start that conversation, uh, and you know they say, well, you know, we want to go digital. I, is it almost a case that you're kind of rolling your eyes at this stage and saying, well, hang on, like what what does that term mean to you? Uh, exactly. So, uh, not not rolling our eyes, but but you know, starting to talk about the problem they're solving. Is it problem that they are not competitive anymore, and uh, there are some issues with existing business models? Is the problem that? Uh, uh, on the website, there are not too many people coming. Is it the problem that conversion rate is is too low? Uh, so yeah, it's it's basically start discussing problem, not uh, not not solution, and then to see how to to help. One of the things that we've uh, touched upon in the conversation is the idea of talent. Talent as an attractor to Ireland. Um, uh, one of the topics we hear an awful lot about in Ireland is the idea of the, the skills gap, that we have more digital jobs than, uh, than we have people that can fill them. Uh, I mean, coming from a, a, a European-wide company, do you find this is a problem that's as, as big an issue on the continent? I mean, is, is this an international problem? So, so from our experience, and we have experience from south and eastern europe from austria germany uh uk us east coast west coast so you know relevant experience i would say uh there is a skills gap uh worldwide uh, on, on markets we are we are we are uh, present uh but that's also the thing is in it industry there is a big gap in performance on people which are entering into the industry and top people which are long time in the industry, you know. So I would say sometimes even five to ten, ten times 
top talent is better performing than, than the newcomers, while salary difference is maybe only two times. So uh, that that kind of war for talent has few segments. In one segment, it's it's for top talent, and it's very hard to to find and hire. Even in Dublin, actually, maybe in Dublin more than anywhere else because of all these multinationals and all interesting startup scene and all of that. So top talent is very hard, uh, but also on the on the entry level because uh, universities are not producing enough uh, new graduates, and then flow uh, into industry is not is not uh, big enough. Uh, so yeah, there, there is definitely to, to answer your question. But from what we are seeing on the markets we are present, definitely there is a shortage of talent. So well, I guess that sort of makes Ireland quite palatable then for people that are already qualified, um, say based in Europe, based in the US, to come to Ireland. Um, and I guess that sort of cross pollination is ultimately beneficial for industry. Would you think? Definitely, it is beneficial for for industry. Ireland is definitely interesting place for for IT people. Uh, government is helping in, in the respect that uh, that trying to make Ireland even more attractive. One area which has to be addressed and which we hope that the government will address is is working visas, uh, and there are some indications that that will that will improve. But definitely, yeah, Ireland is is a very attractive place for for people to come. One of the um, stories that is broken recently is um, the possible introduction of coding uh, at primary school level, um, which is great news, I guess, for companies that are playing a long game. That that you know that you know five ten years you will have people entering at least college level that are primed and have an interest in IT. Um, but it's, uh, as I say, it's very much a long game. So when it comes to sort of the people that are coming into the market at the moment, um, what sort of jobs are there? I mean, are we looking at mobile development? Are we looking at, you know, deep development or um, on, say, backends? What sort of jobs are out there and what languages are proving particularly popular at the moment? I mean, is this world sort of controlled by Java at the moment because of mobile apps? Mm-hmm. Uh, so mobile development is, is definitely very hot. And it went through through interesting cycle. From first, a big demand was, was on native development on, on, on iOS, uh, Android the next next stage was HTML5, which was kind of silver bullet, with the idea that develop once and execute on multiple mobile platforms and even browsers and everything, which which support HTML5. And then what we see now is move back to the native development, because with native development you really could get edge from the from the phone and in terms of performances and and, and all of that. Uh, not from, from from mobile devices. Uh, so mobile development definitely. Uh, Java popular, but .NET and Microsoft technologies have also have also its its own uh, place. Then you know some technologies which were almost um, dying six, seven, eight years ago, like JavaScript, uh, are now very very popular with with new new frameworks on top of it. You know, seven years ago, JavaScript 
literally dying, dying. No one wanted to develop in that. And now there is a big demand demand for that. So I couldn't pick one technology to, to and say it's, you know, running the show and everything else is, is stopped. It's actually across the board from what we see that uh, different skills are required. Uh, one of the things Comtrade is doing um, to address the skills gap, and I've, I've noticed a few companies are doing this specifically, where you've identified gaps um, in the skills market that you know perhaps the universities aren't going to be able to address in you know two, three years when you need people now to fill jobs. So uh, we're seeing a lot of companies taking on training either in um, ongoing professional development or even attracting people out of schools, out of colleges. Um, so tell us a little bit about what Comtrade is doing in that area and what sort of outcomes do you think is going to happen? Because, uh, you know, when you when you operate a, a course for you know, students or whatever, you're not, you can't be expecting a one-to-one transition from people that come to the course to, you know, a staff member six months down the line. Yeah. So we are doing a few things ourselves to try to address that, that skills gap. One is back home, uh, we have our own university where we get every year to uh, close to 200 people in. And uh, that's recognized university from the government. It's just run, run by, by us. And then uh, in the second or third year of the studies, it's, uh, we engage people on the real projects. And uh, very early in their development stage, they got real life experience of you know, what it means to be a software engineer. Because, you know, many people have a very romantic view of that, you know, and would come in and say, I want to write games, you know, because he's a gamer and he thinks that, you know, um, and uh, getting them very early in, the, in the, their education to work on real life projects um, help us to identify who, the, the right talent very early in the in the uh, their development stage, and for them there is also a huge benefit because very early they are exposed to real life uh, real life uh, product situations. So that that's one part. But uh, another part is is uh, something we call summer school edit. Uh, we do that for twenty years, uh, and the idea here is is to do some very interesting cutting-edge development and to engage with 20 students over two or three weeks and let them produce something like minimum viable product at the end of a few weeks. Uh, back home, we're doing it like for, you know, for, for almost forever, for 20 years. Uh, some of our top engineering talent today and uh, architects and even managers came through that school. Uh, and I'm personally very proud that this this year was the first year ever we did it in Ireland. Uh, so we had, I think, close to 60 people who wanted to attend, but we had place only for 18 because of physical limitations of the, of the, of the room. And uh, they had they had great time uh, they had great time uh, developing a bot for airlines, basically application you uh, you you write your question, and as a human being, application would uh, give you back response. So you go there and you say, okay, uh, when is the cheapest flight next week to London Stansted? And then after a 
two seconds you will get response like from from the real person uh, we had very interesting mix mix of students students from fit uh, government organization uh, which educates people in it very inter- for us was very interesting because these people were some of them were not young but willing to make change in their life uh, career change and doing actually very well uh, so they had a government course for six months uh, six months and then they got they got basics and our mentors in the school basically you know uh, brought them to the to the next level but we also had uh, had students from from top Dublin universities and last Friday was was closing ceremony where they proudly presented what uh, what they did and it was very impressive thing to to see you know. So um, just, just to conclude, what, what, what enthuses you about technology going forward? I mean, which, what are you looking at and saying, do you know what, in five, ten years when people come to us, we're going to say this is an essential part of your package. You know, today it's mobile apps. What do you think it's going to be tomorrow? Yeah. So myself, personally, a long time in technology, and I saw a lot of different things over the last 15, 20 years. Um, and it's changing all the time. That's one uh, certain things. But what's happening now that pace of the change is faster than ever, and multiplication of all these changes are gonna completely change our world in the next five to, to ten years. Uh, if you think about main areas, uh, for example, big data. You know, in big data. People are figuring out important things without knowing reason why something is happening. You know, so you analyze DNA and you analyze it for millions of people, and then you see, okay, this uh, combination has a bigger potential for cancer, for example. And then you could do something about it. Why? You have no idea. Do you care? You know, if it, if it's really on ninety-five percent of sample. Uh, proved as a truth, you don't really care, you know. Then second, second important area, sensors, Internet of Things. You know that you know we will have sensors everywhere. You know it's uh, from basic stuff like doors to you know maybe even implanted sensors in in our cells to help us with with some functions. Uh, mobility, it's it's already there, but we'll probably see even even. You know, next generation of devices and, and software which will be even more um, human-like. Uh, then combine that with technology and development of new products because there are so many people now in the industry. Uh, abstraction level will be even higher which will enable people, ordinary people to develop some interesting stuff. So that will also accelerate innovation in, in, in a way. And when you combine all, all these forces together, the world will, will look completely different in a few years' time. So we're looking at uh, increased uh, democratization, I guess, of, of the development process. I would expect so, yeah. Um, but again, I, I, am, I was expecting that for the last 10 years. And, you know, 15 years ago, people were, were programming in Assembler. Uh, writing really stuff which no one understands. Then you have 
next generation of progr programming languages, the next, next, and next, and abstraction level is going up, meaning that for most of the things, you don't need very hard programming skills, very detailed programming skills. Uh, there are also limitations what you could do with, with that, you know, but with one or two more levels up, what's going to happen is actually that it will be closer to the people and, you know, maybe even my mother one day will be able to, to do some basic stuff, you know. And that was Niall Kitson speaking with Diane Kuzic from ComTrade. You can find out more about the company at ComTrade.com. And that's almost it for our show this week. Uh, just time for our one more thing, one little thing that we couldn't squeeze into the podcast. Niall, what have you got for us? Yeah, uh, interesting story up on Tech Central this week. Uh, if you aren't aware, Intel are developing a new range of smart glasses. So uh, go on to techcentral.ie and read all about it. It'll be interesting to see their take. You can get more on that. And, of course, all the Irish tech news with hourly updates, daily newsletters and more from techcentral.ie as well as our weekly tech radio show online and every Friday at 6pm on DAB Digital Radio with RTE Radio 1 Extra. From my, until next time, from myself, Dusty Rhodes, and from Nile Kids in the Tech Central Towers, thank you so much for listening. Have a great weekend. Get Tech Radio. Subscribe for free with iTunes or download. Download on demand at techcentral.ie. Tech Radio is produced by digitalaudioproductions.com. Tech Central.